Welcome back, America. Senator Ron Johnson is the senator from Wisconsin. Good morning, Senator. Welcome back to the Hugh Hewitt Show. Morning, Hugh. Hope you're doing well. I am, and I hope you are as well. Senator, I want to begin with President Biden en route to India today and tomorrow. Do you think the president is up to this job physically? No. I, you know, when Senator Grass and I issued our report um, in September 2020, I said uh, Joe Biden was unfit for office in a, in a number of ways. Not only is he corrupt, part of the corrupt Biden crime family, but it was obvious in 2020 that he was declining both mentally and physically. And it's a big job. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the most important job. It's the most uh, rigorous job in the world. And he, and he simply was not up to it in 2020, much less here in 2023. Now, Senator Johnson, you're a year older than I am, so we know what it's like to, to slow down a step but have to keep up the, the pace. You just ran a campaign. I don't know how many stops you made or how many interviews you gave. What do you, what do you guess off the top of your head? How many interviews did you give in running for re-election? Hundreds. I mean, you just do. I mean, you, you're, talking, you're talking to the media all the time. I, I, I never stop. I mean, this is part of the job of the U.S. senators to use this platform to convey, hopefully, truth to the American public. Now, on Tuesday, former President Trump sat down with me via radio, and I asked him dozens and dozens of questions. My producer thinks 50. I think it's like 40. But some of them were lighthearted and easy, and some were very direct and tough. Have you seen Joe Biden do one interview with even someone from the center left like Steve Inskeep or Dave Ignatius, any, even Peter Baker or, or Michael Scheer from the New York Times? Has he done one interview? No, they, they can't afford to put Joe Biden out in that venue. Now, listen, I, I think President Trump is a unique specimen. You know, for his age, uh, he's, he's almost a scratch golfer. He's sharp as a tack. Uh, I, I hope I am as sharp when I'm 77, 78 years old. Uh, and I and he answered every question. I mean, he didn't like some of them, but he answered every question. He's, he's willing to take hard fastballs, uh, even a little bit on the inside. He doesn't mind getting jammed, and he just hits them. Joe Biden doesn't answer any questions. Do people notice this? Do Democrats notice this? Well, no, because the media's not pointing it out. Uh, this, the biggest, one of our biggest, it may be the biggest problem we face in this nation is we have a free press, but they're not unbiased. They're not holding both sides equally accountable. They're advocates for the left. And this dates back to the takeover of our university systems in the 60s where you know, we don't graduate journalists anymore. We graduate advocates for the left. And we don't graduate teachers. We graduate people indoctrinate our children. So it's a big problem that we have a, a complicit and corrupt media that advocates for the left. Now, I, I want to switch over to Hunter. And I don't talk much about Hunter because I'm waiting for the beginning of the evidence to develop in the course of hearings. And I know the media likes to say there is no evidence. Well, there is actually evidence about Hunter. We don't know much about the president yet. Do you think you can build that bridge from the ranking member and the minority member on the committee and the, and the subcommittee? Can you get the bridge built from the NARA records? Well, first of all, I think... The evidence has been overwhelming since Senator Grass and I issued our report. I mean, first of all, you know, I come from a business background. In order to make $10 million in manufacturing, you got to probably produce a couple hundred million dollars worth of product. What skill set, what did Hunter Biden provide, what did the Biden family provide to get all these millions of dollars? Well, what they provided was access. It's obvious. The corruption is obvious. We also proved that Joe Biden was lying when he said that he never spoke with Hunter Biden about his uh, Overseas business, you know, we, we, we revealed the interview with the Amos Hochstein, where he obviously was setting up a meeting between uh, uh, him and Hunter Biden to discuss these things. So, you know, the, the evidence has been overwhelming. It's been so obvious since we issued our report. 
there, there's no amount of evidence that the mainstream media is ever going to accept to say that it's as obvious as it truly is. How can they not have a Foreign Agents Registration Act count in the coming indictment against Hunter Biden? I just, I'm genuinely perplexed how he could not be, he didn't register for anything and he got all this money from Romania, China, and of course, Ukraine. How can he not be guilty of that? Because we don't have equal application of you know, law under our system anymore. We, we, we definitely do not have equal justice in this country. It's a travesty. But, uh, you know, we probably just saw with uh, Peter Navarro. You think in D.C. that you ever would have convicted a Democrat of obstruction of justice? And by the way, I have to ask, is it a crime to obstruct corrupt justice? I mean, well, I, let me, I, I, I think it is. Yeah, you know, uh, Senator, I'm, I'm pretty strict on compliance with subpoenas. But I do point out, I think Eric Holder was held in contempt of Congress and wasn't prosecuted. I might be wrong about that. Yeah, and so I've always said... How, why did Bannon and Navarro get prosecuted when Eric Holder, who was the attorney general, turned his nose up at the Congress's uh, subpoena and just said, go away? Uh, it just, it, it amazed me. Do you get Merrick Garland in front of you ever? Not, I'm not on a committee like the judiciary where we get him there. Every now and again, they do come. But, you know, when we get some of these secretaries before our committees, I mean, they always put a clamp on, you know, the time frame. You only get one round of questions in a lot of my committees. It's only five minutes. It's not even, not even doesn't even begin to give you adequate time to develop a line of questioning. So it's it's all staged. It's all charade. It's never meant to elicit real information. Well, I, I had uh, Chris Christie on yesterday. I'm no friend of President Trump, obviously. Even Chris admits that Jack Smith is like the last guy you would pick to be the special counsel given the McDonald case. Uh, and then we haven't heard from Robert Hur. And we've got the guy in Delaware, first time ever in the history of special counsel that they've elevated the original prosecutor. And I think, I might be wrong, first time ever they've uh, elevated the original prosecutor to special counsel status. It just stinks to high heaven. Yeah, absolutely. You know, probably the number one criteria of a special counsel is that individual needs to be independent. Uh, of the 8 billion people on planet Earth, David Weiss is the least independent person as a, when it comes to the prosecution of Hunter Biden. He's the one that came up with the sleazy plea agreement that was you know, designed to pull the wool over the judge's eyes. He's the one that allowed the statute of limitations to expire on the most serious tax charges. He, he's the last person you appoint special counsel, but that's what they did. And no Foreign Agent Registration Act. Now, uh, dial in for me, uh, Senator, because i got to talk to the Washington Post at 9 o'clock today on Washington Post Live. And this may come up. What is the evidence linking the president to Hunter Biden? I know Hunter Biden's corrupt. I know that he's an addict and I know he's corrupt. You, everyone in the country knows it. But what is the bridge to his father? Well, the bridge would be bank records. And we, I was certainly frustrated. I didn't have the support of my committee members or my you know, Republican leadership to subpoena these records. I, I really wish the House had already subpoenaed these things. But you do have to build a case. I mean, I understand investigations are take some time, but the, the real evidence is going to be when you when you subpoena the bank records, you start seeing the flow of money out of Hunter's accounts, you know, out of this, you know, this labyrinth of the different uh, companies designed to set up, you know, you know, designed to, you know, launder money, and then be able to trace that to, you know, where Joe Biden got this, you know, plus, you know, we're getting more and more whistleblowers out of Ukraine, you know, that was pretty much off limits to, to us in 2020, because we were being accused of being Russian stooges, so we had to be very careful about that, but you know, there, there's going to be, I think, testimony from, for example, the, the widow of the 
uh, former owner of Burisma. You know, there's, there was a partnership. And so we already know there's one corrupt oligarch, but there was somebody else who was part of that, and she kept the books. I think there's going to be more evidence that's going to be developed here. So is it fair to say, for the public, so they understand, there is incontrovertible evidence of millions of dollars flowing into accounts controlled by Hunter Biden and his partners, and we don't know where that money went. And there's incontrovertible evidence of Hunter Biden saying on the phone that his father was sitting right there, though we don't know if his father was sitting right there. Yeah, and, and he complained that he has to pay half of his income to Pops and that the big guy was going to get 10%. So there's all kinds of evidence, but you need the hard bank records, and we've got that in terms of inflow of money into, again, this labyrinth of companies designed for money laundering uh, on Hunter. It's just we need to connect the dots and figure out where that money went. And remember, in that uh, 1023, uh, the, the, the witness was saying that it'll take 10 or 20 years to unravel you know, the, the transfers. Uh, hopefully we can do it a lot quicker than that. Now, Senator, very quickly, I want to switch to tech after I ask you, do you think President Trump will be the nominee? seems that way right now can he run from behind a defendant's desk or after being convicted and on appeal because you know the obstruction charges is pretty tough to beat and i think the manhattan charge is nonsense and the georgia case is too complex to ever get to a verdict by then but jack smith looks like a a zealot on a mission in dc and he can't get a fair trial in dc do you think you think the former president get a fair trial in dc no can't get it in georgia can't get it in new york again they, they venue shop this stuff right you know, if, if, if these are real crimes, they could have uh, indicted these things two years ago. This is all political. It's all partisan. It's all meant to interfere in the 2024 election once again. So if he is convicted and on appeal, do you think he can still run and win? Well, other people have. You know, what, what was that one congressman who put 100000 bucks in his refrigerator and won re-election? No, uh, but I don't think he was convicted at that point. Yeah, I know Eugene Debs ran for president when he was in jail. Okay, let me turn to big tech. What did you find out about Twitter collusion this week? Well, what we found out is certainly from the Louisiana, Missouri case where government officials were prompting a certain uh, censorship from big tech. You know, for, for my part, you know, they named the, the Big 12. They don't name me, but, you know, my charts, you know, my, my information that I was providing is simply coming off of the CDC and FDA's websites. I mean, it was labeled misinformation. It was being censored. The radio talk show hosts who would put that up on their Twitter feeds were deplatformed because of it, or, or they were censored. So you know, we, we've, I've, I've experienced the censorship up front and personal. And the fact of the matter is it was the federal health agencies. They were the purveyors and the spreaders of misinformation uh, where they labeled things that I was providing the truth as misinformation. You know, I asked President Trump on Tuesday, why did he keep Dr. Fauci around? And he said a combination of his civil service, and I didn't listen to him anyway. Why do you think he kept him around? I think the political firestorm that would have uh, uh, resulted from firing him, but he should have fired him. He should have fired him. I mean, I uh, I didn't know, Adam, you know Anthony Fauci from Adam, really, in the beginning of 2020. But as soon as I heard him talking about shutdowns, I, mean, I wrote a piece in USA Today uh, March 30th of 2020, arguing against shutdowns. Of course, I was savage, you know, saying I want to kill people. But I, I knew he was a bad guy. And then take a look at the, what he did in terms of a cover-up of his funding of the gain-of-function research. Uh, you just see, you know, how horribly mismanaged the, the pandemic was. He was pretty much the engineer of that. He should have been fired. That was a, Well, I, that's a, when I, uh, a that's when I began to change my opinion. He, he deceived me about gain-of-function research. I mean, right on this show, like you're talking to me. So, oh, no, we don't do that. 
And, of course, we did. Uh, we funded it. Senator Ron Johnson, please keep up the investigation. Please keep coming back. I appreciate the candor, as always. Senator Ron Johnson with Wisconsin.